Hello. Thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance His kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. All right. Sometimes we can get in a big hurry and miss what God wants to do. But I was birthed as a worship leader before I was a pastor. And waiting on the Lord, you will be way more successful than if you just move on with your agenda. Amen? So, so this morning, we're, gonna, we're in week four. Man, sorry, all this is all kinds of... Feel, I feel stuck. Let me move all this over. Um, we're in week four of, of our... Um, purpose series and looking at what your purpose is, understanding what you're called to do, you know, not just who you are, but why were you created? Pastor Jim had an awesome message last week. If you missed it, you can go to, go to our podcast. You can check it out. It's streamed on our, on our Facebook page. So there's opportunities to follow up with those messages if you've missed them in the past. But when we talk about purpose, today I want to focus on another facet of purpose that I think is so important. I want us to take a little step further. So when we're focusing on, you know, we need need to understand why we were created and realizing God's plan for our life. But there comes a time when we have to ask ourselves, really, what are we supposed to be doing? It's okay to know who and it's okay to know, you know, uh, who we are and what we're created to do. But we have to put our boots on the ground. We have to do something. Okay. Hey, can you switch this screen to mirror that one? I'm, I'm blind. I'm in the dark. Okay? So what are we supposed to be doing? So, we, that, you know, that was something that, that God really put in my heart. He says purpose is kind of a waste if we don't apply the purpose for which we've been given. We can fit once, you know, and Pastor Jim said last week, he said one thing, you know, a lot of us don't want to know that purpose because once the purpose is identified, then we have to do something with it. So some of you say, Pastor Noe, I'm still praying, but God has already spoken to you. Even amongst this series, you know what you're supposed to be doing. But sometimes we're driven by fear, insecurity. Maybe it's something that we've never done before or something that God is asking us to do that is outside of our comfort zone. Me choosing to pastor a church was not in my plan. Have I loved it? Am I built for it? I am. I didn't realize it at the time. But, you know, I thought I was going to be a worship guy. I thought I was going to do youth ministry. I had all these things that God was really downloading into my life and showing me. And I kept saying, Lord, is this it? And he says, just keep, just keep, let me keep working on you. You know, because a lot of times, do you realize that God works his purpose out in us? You know, it's not that we always arrive immediately with, you know, seeing our purpose shining and thriving. Do you realize anything of significance in your life requires work? Anybody got a college degree in here? Any of you tried to, and you said, ooh, it's harder than I thought, right? You know, co- college degrees, they don't just sign the paper and give it to you. It costs effort. It costs resources. It costs time, right? Minimum, it costs four years of your life unless you're super genius and you can expedite that. Take excessively amount of hours. But we realize to get to what God has put in us, sometimes it takes time. It takes buy-in. It takes, it takes applying ourselves. It takes ourselves... Really saying, Lord, you do the work, I do the yielding. You know, that's one thing that God has really been revealing. To figure out your purpose, just yield to the Lord. Say, Lord, whatever you want to do. Don't look at your inadequacies, look at God. Because he will use those inadequacies to to allow your faith to grow. 
Because if you stay in the comfort of what you can do or what you can accomplish, you don't have to rely on God. But when you're put in a configuration where you say, Lord, unless you come through, there's no way I can do it, then we see the hand of the Lord move and we see our confidence in the Lord. You ever tried to do it by yourself? Anybody? How'd it go for you? <laughs> it's another sermon, right? So, so today we're going to look at, when we talk about purpose, one of the other things of taking it to the next level is realizing that you are purposed to rule and reign here on the earth. Now, I'm going to start with that statement that we're going to unpack what that means. But to rule and reign means there has to be an authority. There has to be something given. So in order for us to realize what God's ultimate plan was, we've got to go back to the very beginning. So in Genesis 1, 26 through 30, it says, starting in verse 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the, in the sky over the livestock and all the wild animals and over the creatures that move along the ground. Verse 27, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So we have to realize that God made them to reflect his image physically and practically. This wasn't just to look like it, but we were supposed to actually do something with that marked image. Verse 28, it says, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky, over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God says, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has the fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. Verse 30, and to all all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give you every green plant for food. And it was so. And we have to realize that it was so because God said so. That's the end of it. A lot of people may argue or debate or say, why did God establish it that way? Because he wanted it that way. That part is not up for debate. Well, did he mess up? Did he make a mistake? Did he fall short? Well, how come man sinned? Well, we have to realize what the weak link variable is. And that's humanity. That that, That was the creation choosing themselves versus focusing on the creator. They lost focus of what God had said, what He instructed, what He commanded. And we see that they were deceived if we really look at the uh, book of Genesis. But we realize that God released His authority, but He also provided provision for humanity. He said everything, all the food, you know, He gave them authority and He gave them provision. God really desires to do that even in our lives today. He wants us to rule and reign, but He's given us provision to be able to do all that He's called us to. Now, that may not be mansions or the American dream like some of us have thought, but he promises to take care of us, to make sure that all of our needs are met according to his riches and glory in Jesus' name. I've I've never felt hunger pains, apart from fasting, of where I have just starved and been concerned about my figure. Just saying. Right? I've, n- I've never been at that place where I've been hungry for so long, or I've never been without shelter, or I've never been without a family that loved me. You know, I can't, you know, and I'm not saying that that is how everybody's lifestyle is, but there is a Father in heaven that loves every single one that He created. And His plan was not to abandon you, but to adopt you into His family with a purpose and a plan so that you could rule and reign with His kingdom. You say, Pastor Noe, I wasn't born in a family like yours. You know, my family was rough. Well, as a child of God, you are adopted into a new family. And you bear his name and his last name. Like my last name is Kano because of my dad and my father's father. Well, when we are adopted into the family of God, we bear the image and the name of God. With that rule and that authority and that dominion that he has given us. 
Now, we know the prodigal son story that as long as he was in the house, he had everything at his disposal. But we have one son that came to his own demise and said, you know what, I want my inheritance, and he went and he wasted all of it. Now, some of us have went that route. We took everything, we took our name, we took our money, we took everything, and we thought we could do better on our own than we could in the father's house. My favorite part about that passage, though, it says that, but at one point, the son came to his senses, and he said, it is still better to be a servant in the, in the house of my father than to be wallowing around in pig slop. He got to the place where he was wallowing with feeding the pigs, wallowing with the pigs, and the food of the pig scraps looked more appealing. That's pretty low, right? Pastor, no, I've never had it that bad. But some of us have wandered from the Father's house and we're trying to rule and reign on our own. But that divine authority and that protection is only covers you when you're in the Father's house. So some of you this morning may need to come to your senses and come back to that place of divine authority and walk in the authority that God has given you to rule and reign. We have to understand that God established his kingdom authority on earth as an expansion of his heavenly kingdom. He didn't want to separate the two, but he wanted his kingdom to invade the earth. Now you say, Pastor Noe, well, how come we don't see more healings? How come we don't see more of these things that Jesus talked about in, in his word? God is not the broken variable. It's up to us to walk in that authority, to believe that God will do what he says he does, even when I don't see it and I've never experienced it and I don't understand it. Because for the dead to be raised in my mind, I can't understand it, but I know that God is more than able to do it. These are these things we have to wrap our mind around. We can't be limited by what we think or what we've experienced or what we know, but we got to trust in who God is. That's where authority of ruling and reigning starts with. If you don't understand who God is, you will never walk in what God has called you to. Say, well, God doesn't do that anymore. He doesn't heal anymore. He doesn't, he doesn't set free anymore. If you believe that lie, then you will be limited in the authority that you can walk in. But if you believe what God said in his word that he will do, you will see amazing things in your life. But he wanted the earthly kingdom to be an expansion of his heavenly kingdom. He truly wants his kingdom to invade the earth. So when he created mankind, he created them in his image. He gave them authority to rule and subdue. So that means to overcome, to conquer, to bring under control. And he blessed them and he said, be fruitful and multiply. God created mankind to reflect his image and to execute his authority on the earth. God could have done everything, but yet he chose to use man. Right? He, he didn't pick a bear. He didn't pick a lion. He didn't, I guess, dinosaurs. I had a kid ask me, were dinosaurs in? Hey, if dinosaurs were, that's when they were. Right? He didn't pick the biggest, baddest dinosaur, but he picked humanity. One that bore his image that looked like him to rule and reign with that same authority. You realize God transfers to us who he is. You know, I was thinking about a cop with a badge. You realize a cop is, you know, can only execute that authority when he has his badge. You know, if he's coming in your house, well, show me your badge. Well, if he has a warrant and he has a reason to be there, he will show you that badge and you should let him in, Right? You know, under that authority, when he has that badge, he bears that authority. You know, so we got to think the same thing. What kind of authority does the Holy Spirit give us in our life? More than we can understand in a lifetime. That's the humble place I've gotten to. Lord, I, I don't think I'll ever arrive at understanding the magnitude of who you are. 
But the Holy Spirit in me releases that authority and gives me that authority to be effective. You see, in Acts, when the Holy Spirit came upon them, it says that they began to speak with power and authority. It gave them an effectiveness for ministry. I don't think it was necessarily a faith thing. It was just a power authority thing released by the Holy Spirit within them. Because it says they immediately stood up and they preached the word with boldness and confidence. They didn't like Pastor Noe, get all his notes and write it out, have a whole week to prep and say, okay, now it's time to go. And, you know, at, at 11.05, I get, to, I get to preach my message. This wasn't what it was about. It was an empowerment. It was an authority. And, 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 it, and it caught them off guard because the words that they spoke were words of authority. And that's the picture we need to get this morning. 2 Corinthians 1, 21 through 22 in the NIV, it says, Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, and in verse 22, set his seal of ownership upon us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what was to come. So we have to realize that he anointed us. He, he put this Holy Spirit inside of us as a mark, as a seal of what was to come. So do you realize until Jesus comes, the Holy Spirit in you is enough? Either you believe it or you don't. You say, Lord, I'm just, you know, holding on by the hair of my chinny, chin, chin. I'm going to make it. It's so much more than that. But if we were, would release the Holy Spirit within us to do all that he desires and is designed to do, we'll see a lot more things happen in our life than we could ever imagine. We would see the kingdom of heaven begin to invade the kingdom of earth. We would see ourselves ruling and reigning as God has designed us to. So when we don't reflect his image or we don't execute his authority on earth, do you realize that we don't really accomplish his purpose or his plan for, for our lives? You know, it would be like me today saying, no, I'm not going to preach today. You know, I don't want to offend anyone. I don't want to preach the hard word of God because what if somebody thinks I'm judging them? What if they get mad because they have a different opinion than I have? So I'm not going to rock the boat. I'm not going to exercise my authority this morning that God has placed me in the house of this church. I'm just going to sit down and we'll do some worship songs and we'll go home. But you have to understand with authority comes what? Responsibility. And with responsibility comes ownership and ownership. I mean, you know, I cannot show up on a Monday and not be or on a Sunday and not be ready. But do you know how I get ready on Sunday? I start on Monday. I didn't just show up and say, all right, let me scratch some notes together. You know, I start thinking of on Monday, Lord, what do you want to do? But you know what I do before I start looking at the next week? I thank God for the weekend I just experienced. And I say, Lord, what did you show us? Do we need to stay there a little bit longer? Father, I have my plans. I have my agenda. But Lord, if you want to redirect the ship, redirect the ship. It doesn't really matter to me. But Lord, if my heartbeat is still in the heartbeat of where you're going and what you want me to say and what you want me to speak, so be it. Touch this fallible tongue that can't speak right and cause the words to be authoritative. Your words, Lord, not just my words. Because my words can't change a heart of stone and cause it to become a heart of flesh. But a word inspired by the Holy Spirit effectively being deposited in your life can forever change your life. It's way bigger than me. I'm just the guy that God has chose to use that has positioned me in authority over the house of this church. So when we declare a fast, and this Monday, tomorrow, we are starting a fasting week, we are declaring that for this house. Pastor Noah, you can do that? Absolutely, because I've been given authority over this house. Well, that church isn't fasting. I'm not in authority over that church. God has positioned me in authority over this church. See how that works? 
So we have to make it personal. What has God given you authority over? What areas has He given you responsibility to rule and reign? So we have to understand that we do, when we don't execute that authority, we really won't for, fulfill our purpose of what God has called us to. So what does the devil do to mess us up? You know, the first thing that de- the devil does is he wants you to say, you know what, you can be just like God. You don't need God. That was the number one lie that he said, he said in the Garden of Eden as, as he tempted Eden. He said, did God really say? Well, you know, when you eat of this fruit, you will be like God. And the light bulb kicked on and that fleshly humanity of wanting to be equal to God, something in, the, in the, the nature of us. You know what nature that is? It's the nature of the enemy. And that's the one thing that got him kicked out of heaven. It was pride. It was overstepping his authority that he had been given. You know, the other thing that he does is, you know, he does not like us reflecting the image of God because as we reflect the image of God, it reminds the devil who kicked him out of heaven. So what, what the enemy tries to do, he tries to distort our identity. You know, uh, you know we were talking, I was talking to some this morning about age and how old you are and all these things. You know, how old do you feel? Some may feel like you're really old. Some may feel like, man, I feel young at heart, and, but I just can't do what I used to. But I really think that, you know, as we look at life, our life should be reflecting more and more that of Christ as we get older. But we have to understand that sometimes in life, have you ever heard of the midlife crisis? Buying the stuff you never bought, trying to get them years back, buy the boat, buy the car, whatever it is, to buy that motorcycle you can't even drive. I don't know, whatever it is for you. Right? But we try to get a grasp because we realize that we are losing time. And as time is progressing, we realize that, oh, no. Well, are we thinking about that spiritually, right? You know, so we realize that, you know, in that identity shift, the enemy is attacking identity. So he's attacking our identity, which, which is tied to our purpose. So he, he, first he messes with our sexuality. He says, you, you can be male, you can be female, you can be whatever you want. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you are very naive to the culture that the world is in right now. What do you mean? I was born male. Well, that's how I used to think too. And well, you were born female, so I'm female. Yeah, that was it's pretty simple. But we have to understand that the enemy of this world is, is striving to confuse and corrupt and destroy what God has ordained and specifically made. He said male and female, he created them in the image of God. God it, but because, but let, let's see what happens. If you will take the bait and say, well, I'm just like this. God created me this way. Well, then you say God is flawed and he made a mistake. Whatever your anatomy is that you were born with is what God wanted you to be. End of story. A lot of you, and you know, this, this, you know, I was reading up on some of this and asking some questions because I'm trying to keep a good pulse on where this culture is going. And, you know, they've added a plus, which means in anything else, searching, discovering, whatever else you want to be. And I was like, man, we are so far from the mark. A lot of these people are searching, but what they need to be searching for is Jesus. Because he will solve all of the world's problems. So he, he, he deals, he focuses on our sexuality, masculinity, femininity, like all of these things. Like, you, well, you're too, you, you have female traits or you have male traits. You know, and he will, he will just beat you with those things. But if he can make you second guess your image and your identity, and he can make you feel flawed... He knows that we will not be good representations of our maker. And we will be presenting a flawed image in which God has created the perfect image in us. 
So really, before Adam and Eve sinned, let's look at that just for a minute. You know, God perfected the plan. He, he released a, authority and dominion and rule, and he set them in a place of provision. And you realize this is what God wants even today. You know, it wasn't that God messed up the formula or the plan, but how he established it in the garden is what he wanted. He wanted relationship. He, it says that God used to walk with Adam in the cool of the day. Hey, can you think about that? I'd be waiting around all day for the cool of the day, say, oh, God's coming around. And you think about those conversations, you think about these moments, and, you know, as God is, I guess, showing off his, his power of just, you know, his creation, and, you know, they're walking through the Garden of Eden, and it says that, you know, he gave Adam the authority to name all of the animals. You know, walking around, man, what is that? I don't know, let's call it a centipede. Like, I mean, I think about how all these crazy names you look at, it's like, centipede. Okay, that's fine. You know, squirrel. Like, you know, like we was thinking of squirrels. Like, I don't know, that's a goofy creature. Let's call it a squirrel. But, but that authority had been given. And then when, when, uh, when Adam said, that's what I want to name it, God said, okay. He was operating under that authority that God had given him. We have to realize that purpose only makes sense with God in the picture. We take God out of the equation and purpose will never make sense. But you have to understand the enemy of this world does not want you to fulfill your God-given purpose on earth and release your authority that God has given you through Jesus. Luke 4, 31 through 37. I want to look at this passage real quick. It says, Then he went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and on the Sabbath he taught the people. Uh, They were amazed at his teaching, and listen to this, because his words had authority. Verse 33, In the synagogue there was a man possessed by a demon, an impure spirit. He cried out at the top of his voice, Go away, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Now, you know, realize what happened. Um, Jesus just showed up. He hadn't even said anything yet, and and this demon began to all kinds of freak out. He didn't even say anything yet. He was just there by proxy. He was there, and there was that much authority on Jesus that demons began to tremble even before a word came out of his mouth. And it says that the demon knew who he was. So if the demons figured it out, we better get with it, church. Understanding who Jesus is, what authority he had, and what authority he's given us. But he says in verse 35, Be quiet, Jesus said, sternly come out of him. And the demon threw the man down before them all and came out without, without injuring him. And it says, All the people were amazed and said to each other, What words are these with authority and power? He gives orders to impure spirits and they come out and the news about him spread throughout the surrounding area. So we have to realize that Jesus released the authority to rule and reign. He, he, he received that from the Father. All in, in Jesus' uh, ministry, you see that he continues to say, these words are not mine, but I take what I get from the Father and I give it to you. Well, that pattern continued to be practiced as Jesus went to sit at the right hand of God. He didn't take that authority with him to heaven and just say, good luck, guys. But he left that authority with us and he gave it to us. And he says every time that, every time that Jesus did something, he glorified the Father. So when that authority is released to us and we do something that, that is good, guess what it does? It still brings glory to the Father. And that was the whole purpose, that God would be glorified in everything we do. That no flesh would glory, that no man would glory, but that God would receive the ultimate glory. If what you're doing is so that you can be seen, you're missing the whole picture. It has nothing to do with you. You're just the conduit that God wants to use to release His authority in the earth. 
you're not as big and bad as you think you are. It's one of the things I got to you know, say, Lord, help me stay humble. It says better, better to fall on the rock in humility than to be boastful and arrogant and the rock fall on you. Because if the rock falls on you, it's going to be a bad day. But we have to realize that as Jesus sat at the right hand of God, he reconciled what was lost in the Garden of Eden. And he gave us that authority that Adam and Eve lost. And he, and he gave it back to us. So God went right back to where he started, that we may rule and that we may uh, subdue the earth. Matthew 28, 18 through 20, it says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So I was thinking about this word, therefore. So that word, therefore, it says, for this reason or consequently, because Jesus did this, here is the result. Every time we see that word, therefore. So we see that, you know, it's a reaction and a response to what happened in the past. So Jesus received authority from the Father, and therefore, he can give that to us. That's what happens when authority is transferred, when he's given. You know, we see it all the time, and I don't know if you've ever noticed it, but when somebody comes up for prayer and we place their hands, we place our hands on them, you may say, well, that's kind of strange. Why do, we, why do you do this? Why, why do we practice that? There is a whole doctrine of the laying on of hands. It is the number one way that things are transferred. Now, I can, I can put my hands out at a distance, and I believe God can jolt it and get it to you, but there's something different when your hands are placed on them. When, when the fathers bless the children, they place their hands on them. When they receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they laid their hands on them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. When, you know, even when Jesus was walking through the crowd, and the lady come up, and he didn't even touch her, but she touched him, and grabbed the hem of, her gar- of his garment, said power was released from him, and she received her healing. So there's something about the touch, but when I have that authority and I have that power within me, there has to be a way to transfer it. And I believe that laying on of hands is how it happens. Well, Pastor, no, I just like playing, praying with my hands closed. I like praying quiet. This whole anointing oil stuff kind of freaks me out. I don't know what it means. You know, all of these things. You know what anointing oil represents? Ownership of the presence of the Lord. When we place oil on you, we place our hands on you, we mark you as a seal and say, Lord, this is yours. Saw it all in the Old Testament. They, man, they would anoint everything. They'd probably mess up your guitars, pianos. They'd throw oil all over everything. And they would set it apart for the work of ministry. That's what it represents. But it's very, it accomplishes great things. But because of what Jesus did, we can walk in what, what he did. You know, Jesus sends you out into the world to proclaim his name, his power. And do you realize he also goes with you? Matthew 10, 1, and then I'm going to look at verses 7 through 8. It says, Jesus called the 12 disciples to him, and he gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. You see that word, every? It's pretty good batting average. Every. Like, they, they, they were just doing it often. Verse 7, it says, And as you go proclaiming this message, say this, The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out those demons. Freely you have received, freely give. That last little statement, man, it's so much power in that. You say, Pastor, no, I don't have anything to give. Well, if you have received salvation, you can give salvation. If you've been set free from something, I believe you can operate in that same authority of being set free from that and set others free. 
With the authority that you've been given, you can operate in that authority, but the choice is up to you. It's not that God is limiting it or wants you to shrink back and not be ruling and reigning in his divine authority. This is God's purpose for you, to rule and reign on the earth. Luke 10, 9, it says, and the kingdom of God has come near you. When you see these things happen, the kingdom of heaven invades the kingdom of the earth. Authority received authorizes authority given. Say that one more time. Authority that's received authorizes the authority that you can give to others. And we've received great authority from the Son, from the Father. You know, one of the biggest excuses that I've been struggling with is that I don't understand everything. I say, Lord, there's giftings that I have. There's areas that I've operated in that that I feel comfortable with. But, Lord, there's other areas that I've never even come close There's areas that I feel mature, that I feel confident in, but there are other areas, Lord, and your word says it. I don't understand it. I've never operated in it. I know it can happen. But, you know, there's this this lack of faith or there's this lack of confidence in what God is saying I can do. But one thing that God has really been working on me, he says, it doesn't matter if you can do it or not, but I can do it. I just want you to be willing and allow me to work through you and to speak through you and and to lift your hands up and to place your hands on people in public and believe me, believe for me to come through. Now you think about it, that's that's a scary scenario. All right, I'm going to pray for you this morning. I'm going to place my hands on you. I know you can't walk, but God's going to heal you and you're going to stand up. (laughs) Now, before I were to say that, I'm thinking about it. So, oh Lord, you better come through or I'm going to look really, really foolish. But can we get to the place of operating in so much authority and confidence in who God is in us that in faith we can believe for things like that to happen? I think a lot of us shrink back and say, oh, no, 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 no. If I can't explain it, if I don't understand it, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to do that. And therefore, we don't see the kingdom of heaven invading the kingdom of earth as much as Father God would like So, Lord, grow our faith, grow our confidence. Help us to be more focused on you and more confident in you than we've ever been. Amen? Amen. Just because I don't see it, just because I can't understand it, doesn't mean that you don't desire it, God. Got to have faith to to know that he will do what he said he would do. You know, I see uh, sometimes, you know, the Spirit of the Lord pouring out his Spirit on us. And I think sometimes, you know, I feel like my life is like a funnel, right? That God pours into us and, and we funnel it. But I'm one of those little bitty funnels sometimes I feel like. I am restricting so much of the flow of what God wants to do. But thank God something's coming out. But if you, if you, if you have high volumes of, of liquid pouring into a funnel, it's like you're looking you're like, man, it's going to take forever to get this through here. So what do you got to do? You got to get a bigger funnel or you got to wallow it out so that there's more consistency as you pour out. It gets through you. Say, like, Pastor Noe, I ain't even a funnel. I'm a bowl. It ain't even getting through me, right? You know, ask God to change your heart. Ask God to just, be, for you to be that conduit that his authority just flows through. Any of y'all ever been shocked by electricity? Ken knows I have, man. He's like, you got shocked again? Yes. Right? Those electricians that sit on the floor coaching while the caveman's up in the attic trying to work on something. Do you touch it again? Yes. Well, you know, if you touch that and that, you're going to get, yeah, I know. But let me tell you what, when you get close to the, to the source, you're going to feel it. 
And hopefully, you know, you don't want to be using your body, but in this illustration, it has to flow through you. It's not always comfortable. It's never convenient when you get shocked. And if you're on a tall ladder, you hope you don't fall off the ladder, right? But it's going to get your attention. What are you going to do when God wants to work in and through you, flow through you? You know, his authority reveals that, you know, I can't do it, but he can. I'll give you, give you one more example. An authorized user on a credit card. So, you know, I haven't really thought about this until my kids have started getting older, but, you know, a, a credit card, you know, there are limits on this card. Now, if you got good credit or you use your card a lot, maybe they've increased those limits for you. That might be a nightmare for you. It may not be a good thing that they keep raising that limit because it authorizes you to purchase more than maybe you ever have. You know, I, you know, I've told Becca, I said, why would you need that much money? Well, an emergency, I guess you're justifying it or whatever. But, but I am restricted by a credit limit on here. I cannot spend more on this card than, than, than is authorized, right? Well, let's think about this. What if the Holy Spirit gave us a credit card? What type of limit do you think is on that card? Ooh, unlimited. Well, if somebody gave you an unlimited credit card, how would you use it? And you didn't have to pay it back. Let me add that there. Like, whoo, I'll be right back. <laughs> I just bought that house. How? On my credit card? Does that even work? When it's unlimited, yes. Right? So we have to realize that the Holy Spirit, we are tapping it into an unlimited supply. Within our own, you know, it's like, you know, it would be like the equivalent. All right, let's see how much cash I got. That's all I have to offer. But when we plug into the Holy Spirit in the form of an unlimited credit card, I can just keep on going. I can keep on swiping. I don't get declined. It doesn't get withdrawn, insufficient funds. I'm free to do all that he's called me to. Lord, I need one of them cards. That's what you're saying, right? So if you're, if you're, author, if you're an authorized user on that card, realize you have the privilege to be able to spend it. Now, I don't know why they don't ever check names on cards anymore. You, got the, you figure that out? Just say Mickey Mouse and they'll verify my, my account. They don't look at it anymore, but if I give you this card, anytime I give somebody a church card, all they ask, are they an authorized user? And it'll work. It's a business card, right? If you are an authorized user, you have access to it. If you are a son and daughter of the king, you have access to it. Now, if you have a teenager in the house, it's probably a good idea that you put a limit on your credit card. But God has given us a kingdom card. He's given us Jesus who is without limit, that always works, when used appropriately, will never be declined with conjunction of his word. The only thing that you'll tie God to is what he says in Scripture. But if we would understand what he's already said in Scripture, it would blow our minds with what's available to us. Let's keep going. This is what Jesus said, John 14, 10 through 14. He said, he said, the words I speak to you are not my own authority. So Jesus is saying this. So, you know, it wasn't even Jesus had an understanding. It wasn't me. It was the Father in me. But he says, rather, it is the Father living in me who does the work. Verse 11 says, believe me when I say that I am in the Father and that the Father is me, or at least believe the evidence of the works themselves. So that he was talking about what you see happening. Verse 12, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. Now, I'd be cool just stopping there, right? The works that I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these. Why will we do greater things? Because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father will what? Be glorified in who? The Son. And you may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. So we realize that the authority that Jesus had, I guess there was even some limit. 
Because it says when he goes to the Father and he sits at the right hand of God, and he says, once I go to the right hand of God, I will send the Holy Spirit to you, who will not only guide you, but he'll live within you, that we will see amazing things happen. Just think about all the signs, the wonders, the things that Jesus did during his lifetime. There's two thought processes. Some believe that it, that it thrived and died with Jesus and the disciples. But the other side is perhaps all of these gifts are still available today. You want A or you want B? Now, some of us believe they're available, but we're living like they died with Jesus and the disciples. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're like, well, I don't know why. I pray and I see nothing happen. Well, don't stop praying. Stop praying is not the answer. But we keep seeking the Lord. You know, I've, I've heard the stories of, of these miracle centers where they see miracles, they see signs, they see wonders, they see the things that Jesus did. And if you will ever ask those people, I said, wow, like how are y'all being so effective? He says, we're not. You're just hearing about the ones that got healed, not the ones that didn't. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean that you don't pray and that you don't believe in. And you limit God saying, Lord, you're not able to do it. He can do whatever he wants. He can heal anything he wants. But we trust God that he's good at every season of our life. You know, I think uh, sometimes we say, Pastor Noah, I've prayed for something, but I didn't see results. You know, I think sometimes that happens. Sometimes we see that. And, and, you know, in, in Matthew 9, 17 through 29, I'm going to paraphrase this real quick, but this is when the disciples, you know, couldn't cast out a demon. They, could, they, could, they couldn't do, they couldn't drive out this evil spirit. You know, and they asked Jesus, they said, Jesus, why could we not do it? You know, we prayed in your name, we did everything you, you did. And in that, in that Mark 9, verse 29, he says, he replied, this kind can come out only, in the New King James Version says, by prayer and fasting. Pastor Noah, you setting this up for fasting week? 100%? Absolutely. Because I believe that prayer compounded with fasting causes your faith to rise to the next level. You say, Pastor Noah, I've been believing for something in my life. I just haven't seen it. Have you tried fasting? Because even the disciples that had done signs and wonders and miracles in the past, that when they compound that with fasting, they saw something take place that they couldn't have done on their own takes that faith to the next level. One of the best things that we can do to be fully charged and increase uh, ourselves in in spiritual warfare is to be prayed up, be in the presence of God, and pray and fast often. So as a church, that's something that we do. We're doing it three times this year. You know, so we we want to be, we don't want to just do it once and say, Lord, thank you, God, I made it through that one fast. But we want to cultivate a culture that fasts often. Okay? Matthew 6, it gives you some guidance about giving and praying and fasting and how to practice each of those. And in each of those passages, it says when you give, when you pray, and when you fast. So it's pretty self-explanatory that God expected you to do it. When you do it, do it in this way. Now, I know a lot of us will say, when you give, well, yeah, Pastor Noah, I support giving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when you pray, well, yeah, Pastor Noah, I, I support praying. When you fast, do you support fasting just like you support giving and praying? Perhaps that that is the key that will unlock 
this kingdom authority and ruling and reigning on the earth that you so desperately need. That Matthew 17, 20, they say, why couldn't we drive it out? He said, because you have so little faith. Truly I tell you that if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here and there and it will move and nothing will be impossible to you. John 17, 4, it says, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. So Jesus finished his work. He fulfilled his purpose. And now he's sitting at the right hand of God. Thank God for that. What if he would have said no? It would have been a bad day, right? Can Jesus say no to the Father? It says he was all humanity. He took on flesh. He was tempted, but yet never sinned. You know, in the Garden of Gethsemane where he was praying and he said that he began to, he was in agony and he began to pray and so stressed that beads formed with blood that came that out of his port. He was, he was stressed. I believe at that moment, what did he say? He said, Lord, if this cup can pass me, take it from me. But what? May your will be done. So Jesus sometimes had to do things he didn't necessarily want to do, but he knew what he was going to have to do. Everything in life is not going to be easy, but will you be obedient to all that He's called you to do and all that He's called you to be? You realize that the Father, Father God had a plan for, you lot, for your life even before it began? He had the plan the whole time, and he, did, he decided to allow you to be a part of it. Think about that. He knew what He needed, and He created it within you for a purpose and a plan. Don't take the lie that, man, I was, I was a mistake. And you showed up right on time, and you're right here at this moment because of it. Think about it. You wouldn't have heard this message if it wouldn't have lined up. Blame it on your parents. Blame it on whatever you want. You showed up when you showed up, and it was right on time. And God had a plan amongst whatever decisions were made. And he works all those plans together for the good of those who love him and walk in the obedience of what he's called you to God perfects His power in our weakness. He uses the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. 1 Corinthians 1.27 Guys, it's not about being smart enough or good enough, mature enough, but it's being willing to say, God, here I am. Use me. It's time for each of us to begin to operate in the unlimited, full measure, and wonderful power of God's authority through Jesus. You know, God, not only that He would stir that faith, but that He would complete that faith in us. You know, God also desires to demonstrate His power on the earth through that authority that He's given us. It's amazing to me that God would choose a people to accomplish His purpose. But will you fulfill God's purpose and be used for His purposes, not for your own? What kingdom are you trying to build? How many of you today will truly be called by God for a significant purpose and confident, and will confidently say yes? I know some of us draw the line right. They say, Lord, we'll serve you up to this point. As soon as it gets uncomfortable... I know that winter storm knocked out our power, took away our water, and oh, we got uncomfortable real quick. Well, Lord, you said you'd never leave or forsake me. He never left you. Those were just comfort things. You weren't going to die. Your flesh felt like it. But man, he promises to be faithful every season of our life. 
He wants us to rule and reign. He wants men who are courageous. He wants women who are prayer warriors over their home, raising their kids in a way where the devil trembles when those kids grow up because they've been instilled with the power of God. I know, you know, I've been thinking about that there is no way that Pastor Noe can be the only one that has been called to preach and teach in this house. There has to be others with gifts and callings and authority and abilities that haven't even been tapped yet. But you got to allow God to show you what those are and then use them and apply yourself. Say, Lord, are you sure that's what you want me to do? Are you sure? Are you sure, sure? Like you think about it, because that's the first thing that's going to happen when God asks you to do something. You know you can't do it. But if God calls it out in your life, he sees it when you don't see it. He says, you're more than enough. I've created that within you. Now have faith to trust me and walk it out. Peter only walked on that water because he stepped out of the boat. You guys stand up with me. We're going to close. There has to be movement on your part. There has to be stepping into what God has called you to. I think God really wants to give us more authority and release us more than restrict us. We restrict ourselves, guys. God doesn't have to do that. Whoa, 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 kid, you're being a little too faith-filled. Whoa, 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 you're being a little bit, tapping too much into the supernatural there. No. He's going to catapult you and want to push you forward into all that he's called you to. One last thing. Your design will reveal your destiny. So i got three things up here. You know, so what is this? We know what it's for, right? It don't take a rocket science to figure it out, right? But when you know you're a cup, be a cup, right? And this is a good cup. This insulates what's, you know, it keeps it hot or it keeps it cold, and it has a pretty lid on it. So there's more sparkle to you sometimes than you think. Okay, same illustration. Let's go here. What's this ball cap, right? For these bright lights in my eyes, if I wanted them to block my eyes, I could put it right here. I don't want to mess up my hair. But we know what this is, right? So, so, <laughs> so no problem messing up the hair over here. So when we know what we are, be it, right? I was thinking about this chair, how there's so many different kinds. And I think sometimes you don't like being this chair because you'd prefer to be this chair. You say, Pastor Noe, man, this one is way more comfortable People can sit in it longer. But you know what? You know how bulky and big these are. Have you ever, has anybody ever had the privilege to move these chairs yet? Check this. Some engineer said, you know what? Put it in the closet. Convenient. It's light. Two-finger grab. I can't do that with that. So don't be so focused on what you're not. Be who you are. Amen? But what you are is sons and daughters of God called to rule and reign with His authority in the earth. Amen? Amen. If you say, Lord, use me this morning, lift your hand up. I'm serious. Don't, Don't do it by peer pressure. If you say this morning, Lord, use me, I believe that He will do it. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you for each one in this house. Father, with giftings and callings and passions and desires and all of these things that you've given us, Father, I pray that we would have eyes to see our purpose, Father, in the courage and determination to be all that you've called us to be. But Father, Lord, I pray that as we shine for you, that you would receive the glory, that you would receive the honor, that we would honor the Father, that no flesh would glory, that if there's any good thing in us, God, that they would see you.
Father, I pray against the lies of the enemy that have lied to us for a lifetime and told us what we're not. Father, I pray for today for ears to hear who we are. Lord, I pray that we would be bold, that we would be courageous. But God, you created us to rule and reign by releasing God's kingdom on the earth. Now, Holy Spirit, you live inside of us. That is that seal, that is that promise, guaranteeing of what is to come. So Holy Spirit, we release you inside of us to be all that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you guys. You've been called for great things. Don't settle for anything less. We love you guys. We'll see you guys next week. Y'all be blessed. Thank you for joining us for the Harvest Time Church podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like more information about our family, please write us at 42 FM 2540 South, Bay City, Texas 77414. Or check us out on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.